What's up, rap fans? Welcome back to the Hip Hop Enthusiast Podcast, keeping you up to date with hip hop music in 2018. I'm Kyle French. Today is August 9th, and today we're breaking down Harlan and Alondra by Buddy and Taboo by Denzel Curry. Takashi69, constantly in the news, constantly trolling and just doing crazy shit. He is the voice of New Wave Hip Hop after his recent interview with Angie Martinez defines what this new wave is on and where the game is at currently. We got a hot new freestyle from one of the biggest names in rap for Song of the Week. Some of you may know who I'm talking about. If not, stay tuned. We'll play it. You know what we do. And new music announcements just don't stop coming. We'll take a look at who's next up. Only one month left of summer. This is the prime season. Who's going to give us that final album? Just remember the 2018 summer of hip-hop by? I don't know, but we'll take a look at a couple candidates who are dropping work this month. For more content, make sure to follow me at Hip Hop Nth. Posts going up daily, content daily. And if you want to talk to me, hit me up. If you're an artist, you want to share your music, go ahead and do it through there at Hip Hop Nth on Instagram. That's the easiest way to contact me. And if you haven't already, subscribe, leave a review, like the podcast, Apple Podcast app, iTunes, wherever you might be listening. I appreciate all signs of support. So let's get into some of these new albums now. First up, we got Harlan and Alondra by Buddy. Buddy is a 24-year-old Compton-based rapper slash singer, kind of rocking that in-between phase that a lot of guys are doing and trying to balance in this modern era. And this is Buddy's debut. He's had his Idle Time mixtape. He's had two EPs, Ocean in Montana and Magnolia, both also coincidentally named after streets or places that inspired that music. But this is finally his debut. And honestly, going into this, I was not a Buddy fan. I didn't think he was a talented rapper. Wasn't impressed by his personality. He didn't seem very self-aware of the music he was making and came off like a child to me. To a degree, that's just how I felt about him. Um, and he was signed to Pharrell at a super young age. At like 16, he was discovered and kind of thrust onto the scene. This may sound harsh, but he honestly sounded to me like one of those kids who just like gets famous off you know, making the newest like dance song. Like a Silento with Whip Nene from, I don't know, a couple years ago. Or like Soldier Boy when he first came out on the scene and he was super young. And everyone just loved him for like the new dance, the wave of it. And then after they try to actually build a rap career and you're like, uh, I don't know about all this, man. Like you had your moment and that was it. And that's how I felt like Buddy sounded. Even though he wasn't like actually one of those guys. That's just how he came off to me. But Harlan and Alondra has changed all of that. Uh, he's grown up right before our eyes. The album title, which I hinted at earlier, is based off his hometown address, which is near this intersection of the two streets that are mentioned on the title. And we find Buddy kind of reflecting on life before fame, even really before music. This is really like him growing up. And it sounds like a quiet kid who's just observed and experienced a lot, kind of from the sidelines of a dangerous city. And it feels like there's a millions of thoughts and ideas that have been like circling his head but finally, he's gained like the maturity and wisdom to like vent them properly. He sounds like completely in control of all these tracks. He's not trying to be the song itself, but letting his stories just be told through it. And he sounds wise beyond his years, which is never something I would have said about Buddy on his previous mixtapes. He may have been slowly moving in this direction, but I didn't see this like level of like stature coming from him. I mean, right off the bat, he dives right into like the binds of his hometown and poverty, and like politics, and relationships, absolutely everything on this intro track, real life shit, and just lays it all out there, and despite this being like a dive into Buddy's inner thoughts, 
and like the tiresome, troubled upbringing that he's kind of gone through, it's not like a dark or a somber tone that like masks the whole project. The production's actually like really bright, colorful, and funky. Many of the tracks are just direct descendants of like the G Funk era that used to run his city and took over the nation in the early 90s. Obviously, shout out to like Dre and Snoop. He even got Snoop as a feature on this album, although I don't think Snoop Dogg really has done much in recent years. He's been on so many guest features and kind of comes up empty a lot of the time. But still, shout out to Snoop for innovating that sound back in the day. There's a lot of like buzzing bass lines on here. It's pretty minimalistic and it's just got really crisp percussion on it. And with Buddy being a more than competent singer, he could really deliver on that nostalgic feel of what G-Funk was. And the epitome of this appeal is the track Trouble on Central, which sounds like if you told me this was like a posthumous Nate Dogg song that was released, I wholeheartedly would have believed you. He sounds so much like Nate Dogg on this track, and he's just singing of like his former life almost like seductively, like this really passionate hook about the life he yearns for and like all of these wishes that he has, but he feels like he's just stuck on central. His melodies are really nice over this like bouncy, like swanky beat that's going on. And this was by far my favorite song on the album. Caught my attention the first listen through and it's still my most played track. And that's the vibe on on all of Harlan and Alondra. It's very Cali sounding. Actually sounds very complimentary to like major LA artists. I could hear like Absol or Schoolboy Q features coming on almost any of these beats. Can hear just TD features all over this. For the most part, Buddy's voice is warm and inviting and friendly. It almost lulls you into believing that this is a strictly positive and uplifting album when there's actually a lot of songs like Trippin' where he just feels completely lost or like Find Me Too, same type of ideal there. And every track hits on this appeal with one exception. The only track that is aesthetically completely different is this song Black featuring ASAP Ferg. It's the one hard-hitting track the one like thorny song on this album that you're going to feel and it might even irritate you at first because at first it's repetitive like stabbing chorus. It was really annoying to me at first just black, 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 black on black, black my thoughts so black, black, you know, and it was just like it was so in your face and like repetitive and just it, it irritated me. But after a while, I eventually appreciate it as just like this unapologetic black pride anthem he really brings it together with the third verse with a lot of historical references. Clearly did his research there. And Ferg delivers. It's worth the banger. Doesn't really fit the sonics of the rest of the album. But it's a it's a good song and I do enjoy it now. And I appreciate that he put it on here. Another thing I noticed about this album is Buddy is, is really working at balancing this half singer, half rapper persona that he's got. And that balance is really tough. Buddy, fortunately, is, is versatile to pull both sides off. It's not like one is just horrible and you should stay away from it. He's capable of both, which almost makes it tougher to decide how do I attack these tracks. And I do think that his strengths lie with his singing. His melodies and his voice are very inviting and enjoyable. And his rapping, I mean, at his absolute peak, he's a good rapper. I'm never going to say he's a great rapper He's probably never going to blow me away with a verse or blow me away with just incredible bars. It's just not going to happen. So his ceiling is a little bit low due to that aspect, but he still more than justifies himself as a rapper. Like the intro that I mentioned earlier, Real Life Shit, that's a really well-written song and really maximizes his talents. 
But overall on this album, I was really impressed with the growth that Buddy has shown. His voice and delivery have transcended to really sounding mature and in control. It's like no longer is he trying to convince us to believe in him. He just believes in himself, and that really shines through to me. So if you're looking for just this sideline G-Funk look at life in Compton without getting into the nitty-gritty and the dangerous and the gangster, then this just might be an album you want to check out. I think Buddy maximized a relatively low ceiling that I see on him, milked his talent for everything it's worth, and made a good album despite my expectations for him. So best tracks, Trouble on Central, Young, Black, and Real Life Shit. Worst tracks, Speechless and The Blue. I would recommend if you like Anderson Pack, Nate Dog, or Boogie. And overall rating, I'm going 7 out of 10 on Buddy's Harlan and Alondra. I'll play two tracks from the album. I'm going to play Trouble on Central, which is that track that screams Nate Dog to me. And I'll also play the track Young, just because it has a really sweet, jazzy percussion line. And I just love Buddy singing about how things are better when you're young. And he kind of wish he could go back and redo things, but he wouldn't really. And Anyways, I'll just play the two songs. Trouble on Central and Young by Buddy from Harlan and Alondra. Just so good at being in trouble. Spending my days out in the ghetto. Mama say that I need to be careful. Going downtown on the Blue Line Metro. Car overheated in the can't afford a rental. Broke down Chevrolet sitting on Central. Turning up my headphones, looking out the window. Laura Hill playing, it could be so simple. Damn, I just can't wait till I get on. What the hell is taking so long? I wish I had a girl by my side. I wish I had a brand new ride. I wish I had a light. I wish I had a private flight. I wish I wanna start sometime. I wish I had a right. I wish I had the finer things. I wish it wasn't so cobain. I wish I had you. And I wish I wasn't stuck on central. Just so good at being in trouble. Spending my days out in the ghetto Papa say that I need to be careful Heard a nigga just got popped at the Arco Rolls on the whole stroll, junkies on Narcos Long Beach, Compton, Watts to South Central Damn, I just can't wait till I get home that's when the cop had pulled me over. I wish I had a girl by my side. I wish I had a brand new ride. I wish I had a light. I wish I had a private flight. I wish I wanna start sometime. I wish I had a right. I wish I had the finer things. I wish it wasn't so cobain. I wish I had you. And I wish I wasn't stuck on
shit again Oh how I wish I was a kid again Got a hard time with listening Same problem with discipline Still gotta get my dividends It's so much adrenaline Head is spinning I know I'ma sin again Better when you're That was Trouble on Central and Young by Buddy. The Enthusiast is throwing that thing a 7 out of 10. I really did enjoy that album way more than I thought I would. But our next album up, I enjoyed to an even larger degree. And that is Taboo by Denzel Curry. This album is fantastic. Denzel was a beast over this whole thing. And for those who might not be familiar with who Denzel Curry is, Denzel is 23 from South Florida. That whole wave of rappers coming up down there, Kodak Black, XXX, R.I.P., Ski Mask, Wi-Fi, a bunch of these rappers. South Florida might be the next Atlanta, honestly, the way things are trending. And Denzel is on the cutting edge of that, blending the worlds of trap and lyrical rap. Former member of Raider Clan, which had like 25 members, so I'm not going to name them all. And his style was often compared to like 3-6 Mafia, or at least influenced by 3-6 Mafia. Still fairly unknown, even after being featured as a 2016 XXL freshman. His music has kind of been defined by this like anger-fueled machine gun flow, super up-tempo, high-intensity, just a lot of rage packed into his lyrics. Many might recognize him from his single Ultimate, or maybe his 2016 album Imperial, which is not to be overlooked. A really solid piece of work there. But Taboo takes things a step further. Denzel even admitted, he talked about it in interviews, he's like, I wanted to take my artistry to the next level, I wanted to become more versatile, more creative, and move past. I can't just become the aesthetic that Imperial is, which is a full album of just like hardcore, like good lyricism over trap beats and just uh, this rapid flow. Like he didn't want to get stuck in that where he couldn't go anywhere. And Taboo definitely breaks down the barriers and does a lot of creative things. Curry delivers this project to us in three separate acts. Act 1, Light, Act 2, Gray, and Act 3, Dark. And the kind of concept and theme here is that the music progressively gets harder, spookier, darker, more intense as the album progresses, but does so while still pertaining to the overall concept of this album, which is Curry addressing topics that he feels are taboo in modern-day hip-hop. He feels like he's addressing a lot of things that should be evident, but rappers aren't talking about as much as they should. And he's kind of sitting here like, what, are these things forbidden to talk about? Have they become a taboo aspect of our culture? So you can't expect some large song ideas and a lot of powerful statements for Curry to make on this album. But we're going to break this down act by act. I feel like that's the easiest way to do it. And so Act 1, Light, we get four tracks on here. And this was the furthest from what I thought a Denzel Curry album would sound like. He's usually going over just like amped up trap beats. And on here, he takes it a full step back, like five steps back. I mean, this man is like singing over like funk heavy, gorgeous instrumentals. It honestly reminded me of what Tyler the Creator did on Flower Boy. I mean, it was that style of music, which was, if you know Denzel Curry, pretty much a shock to your system when you first hear it. So huge props to him 
for becoming more versatile and bringing something new to his talents that we hadn't really seen a whole lot of before. And while I don't think his singing is all that great, it, it definitely feels stagnant. It almost feels like his typical flow, but like slowed down. Like someone has taken it and edited it with like a slow motion audio effect. And in some ways it, it ruined this opening track taboo for me. And I was also confused if this is a light section, why is he the first line of the album on the light side, quote unquote, is welcome to the darker side of taboo. So there are some some questions here. But as a whole, I, I commend Curry for putting this part of the album together, especially Black Balloons, which I think is an amazing song where Curry is singing about sadness and depression almost in a positive way, not encouraging it, but like feeling like any day could be the day that he can get out of it. And he's like wishing it. He's, he's singing it into existence. He grabs Gold Link for an awesome feature on the track. And the chorus, he really does sing well. I, I did knock some of his efforts on here, but the Black Balloons chorus, just it gets stuck in your head and it makes me happy every time I listen to it. So that's the light side. And as we move on to Act 2 Grey, which is my favorite portion of this album, we have five tracks here. And this is kind of where he's making his biggest statements. You get songs like Switch It Up and Mad I Got It that are pretty much addressing this idea of once I become successful, people are going to say I changed and they're going to be jealous of me. And then they're going to say that I'm the one who switched up. And he's kind of just going through all these aspects of how his relationships with people change and how the perspective of him changes and how money and fame kind of negatively impacts like a lot of his relationships. But at the same time, He's still going to get that money. He's still going to secure the bag. This is what he does to the highest level. And despite all the troubles it brings him, he's still going to perfect his craft, go out there what he does best. And both these songs are delivered in a style where you could perceive them just as somewhat mindless bangers. But when you read into the lyrics, you realize there's more to them. So it kind of it pulls you in. And then once you're there, you realize what's really taking place. And that leads right up to his track, Clout Cobain which honestly could be in contention for Song of the Year. I love the music video. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Clout Cobain, Denzel Curry. And on this track, he's addressing the idea of fans forcing rappers and entertainers to chase clout in ways that are dangerous to themselves. The path to making money these days is to just wild out, do crazy stuff, troll people, stir up controversy, utilize violence and heavy drug use to your advantage to like win over people's attention. And he's kind of saying like, this is what fans want entertainers and rappers to do, but he's not going to fall for it. He's not going to go down that rabbit hole of clout chasing until it in turn kills himself, which is why he titled it Clout Cobain. Because he's pretty much saying, if you go clout chasing to the highest degree and just let fans dictate your life, the end of that rabbit hole could very well be you ending up dead. So this is one of the more powerful songs that I've heard this whole year, honestly. But what takes all these messages and all these ideas to a higher degree is Denzel still delivers them in somewhat of a, a hype mode. He's constantly switching up his flow. He's constantly bringing like personality, eccentricity, voice inflections to his rapping style, which reminds me of what Flatbush Zombies does. Those guys can't spit an uninteresting verse. And Denzel is right in that vein. A lot of what he also does sounds to me like flows that XXX used to use, who's just another guy who, despite what you say about him or his music, is pure entertainment and hard to describe as boring. 
So Curry really capitalizes on, on just so many aspects of music here while also pushing the boundaries of what he does. And he closes with Act 3, which is dark, which is the most Denzel Curry part of this album. This sounds like a harder version and an extension of what he did on Imperial. And I saw in an interview, he said this part was recorded first. This was originally going to be the entire sound of the album before he kind of switched it up and decided to take things in different directions and create this whole act scenario and the theatrics of it. But this is the part where we just get absolute bangers, just vicious, violent lyrics, high intensity. I mean, you get the track Purse, which I actually played as a, a song of the week I don't know how long ago, probably months now, but he's just angry at everybody. He's saying, like, I don't mess with the perks. Man, I barely even mess with the earth. And that just shows you he was just buried in so much stuff, so angry and just mad at the world. And you can feel that come through. The track Vengeance is crazy. It's pure mania start to almost finish. It actually finishes with this soulful R&B outro that was a complete 180 that I did not expect. But prior to that, you get just killer verses from not only Denzel Curry, but he recruits two very underground artists, JPEG Mafia and Zillakami, who rap on this track like it's killer be killed. Like, it's that level of just, like, intensity with feelings of hatred and, like, acts of violence just strewn everywhere. I mean, you got to be careful with this one. You can catch a concussion listening to this too loud. I mean, you got to keep this at a low decibel or you are going to be seeing a doctor, and that is facts only. So that's a little bit of a walkthrough of what Taboo by Denzel Curry is. I do still have a lot of questions about the conceptuality of the project, as I didn't think the light and dark contrast was as like permanent and watertight as it could have been. Like Sumo slipped on to Act One Light, which is one of the biggest slaps on the album. And actually the transition from Sumo to Super Scion Superman on Act Two, they sound like they're two of the most similar tracks on the album, but they're in different acts. And so I don't think it was an airtight concept album with the with this progression here, but I do think it was a really clever way for Denzel to experiment with his sound and express this newfound versatility of his. But bottom line, really high replay value, bangers, lyrics, production, flows, anything you really want, you can find it on this album. And... I thought Imperial was great, but Denzel has topped it. Taboo is his best album today, and I can't wait to see where he goes next at only 23 years of age. My favorite tracks on Taboo are Clout Cobain, Vengeance, Black Balloons, and Sirens, which, wow, I didn't, I forgot to mention this track, but Denzel gets really political on that track with a phenomenal verse from J.I.D. As for least favorite tracks, I would probably lean towards the opening Taboo and Super Scion Superman. But there are no tracks I like genuinely disliked. I would recommend this album if you like Flatbush Zombies, Tyler the Creator, or XXX Tentacion. And for an overall rating, I'm going 8.5 out of 10 on Taboo by Denzel Curry. I will play you two of the best songs on here, that being Clout Cobain and Vengeance. Just two awesome displays of talent from Denzel Curry. And I would highly recommend that after this you check out the album in full. But as for now, here's a quick taste of Taboo. I just wanna feel myself. You want me to kill myself. Man, I've been on my own. Lord, I'ma need some help. I just wanna feel myself. 
You want me to kill myself? Man, it been so damn long dealing with the things I feel. Suicidal thoughts, call it girl go bang. Two seats like a bloody stain. I need hella bass, I need hella bass. You gon' wanna cry, I'ma make it rain. Suicidal thoughts, call it girl go bang. Two seats like a bloody stain. I need hella bass, I need hella bass. You gon' wanna cry, I'ma I'm yelling out ill news. I can't even trust my friends. Most of them might be fools. Watch these hoes when they say they want a lot of me. I don't know who's the one that wanna plot on me. I stay low so my demons don't acknowledge me. When I go, I know death don't do apologies. I just wanna feel myself. You want me to kill myself? Man, I've been on my own. Lord, I'ma need some help. I just wanna feel myself. You want me to kill myself? Man, I've been so damn long dealing with the things I feel. Suicidal thoughts, call it girl go bang. Two seats like a bloody stain. I need hella bass, I need hella bass. heard clout cobain and vengeance by denzel curry and no vengeance is not one of those tracks where he's bringing up somewhat meaningful messages and making a statement i know i kind of hyped the album to be like that but act three isn't so much 
But that's just, I mean, that's some of the darkest, most intense rhymes I've ever heard. Like, if I don't hear that or see that put into a horror movie, like, soon, directors are messing up. Like, bottom line. Like, those dudes just ripped it up. Those, I mean, that song's going to play on my nightmares. And we didn't even get to the Zillikami verse, who might be the last guy you want to mess with. The last dude you want needing vengeance on you in this track. So Denzel Curry, definitely a face of the new wave of hip-hop and one of my favorite like artists under 25 right now. But we got to talk about the man who is undeniably, I can't deny it anymore, he is the face of modern-day hip-hop. He's the most popular artist in the world. He's getting more streams than Drake, more sales than Drake, more everything than Drake, who was previously like untouchable, thought to be untouchable. And that man is Takashi69. I mean, his new track, Fifi, the music video on YouTube, has 145 million views. Drake's In My Feelings video, 53 million. Yeah, Fifi has like a weak head start on In My Feelings, but if it doubles its numbers, it's not even going to get close. It's still going to be like 50 million ahead. But the reason I want to talk about him is not really because of his music, because I really don't care for him. But his interviews he's been doing lately are crazy. He's like actually super wide open and honest and actually like kind of a smart dude in these interviews. But he says some really eye-opening and revealing things about the industry and how you get big. And the latest of these instances came on an interview he did with Angie Martinez like a week ago maybe. And she's kind of prodding him, asking him about his creative approach, how much effort he puts into his music. Like, does he think through things, write his music? Like, how, how does he go about it? And she's kind of just like beating around the bush. And then she asks this question here. And I'm actually going to play the clip real quick. So take a listen to this Q&A real quick that I think tells us a lot about where the music industry and specifically hip hop is at the moment. Well, are you serious about your craft is I guess what I'm asking. No, literally not. No. no, seriously, no. One more time, just in case someone misinterpreted what he said. Uh, what did you say, Takashi? Give me that one more time. Well, are you serious about your craft? Is I guess what I'm asking. No, literally not. No, no seriously, no. This dude literally just admitted to putting zero effort into his music, and he's the most popular artist in the entire world right now. And he doesn't even care who knows it. If I actually let that play a little bit longer, you would have heard him quote the chorus to his new song Fifi and then be like what what is that like that what did I just say that is just absolute nonsense like he basically called his music trash and actually even later said he didn't like his own music when he first started making it he's like I, I scream too much like I don't really even like it like it's it blows my mind because there's artists out there not only just guys like on the come up trying to get into the game who put a lot of like heart and passion and effort into making their music and spend hours crafting it. But it's also like guys who are already established that are just so much more talented, like in every single field. But they'll never get this attention. They'll never make this amount of money, get this many streams than a kid who goes on public radio stations and says, I don't give a single fuck about my music. Don't, don't really even care for it. That's mind-blowing to me. But I do have to point out, this isn't Takashi's fault. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't him and his friends who clicked play on his video 145 million times. Not humanly possible. They didn't do it. And they apparently don't even like the music. So I know it wasn't them who clicked play on that video. You can hate the game, 
But you can't hate the player in this situation. You just can't. Because at the end of the day, every stream he gets, every view he gets on social media, every piece of attention and money that he makes is because us as a general audience in public supported him, watched him, viewed him, clicked play on his videos over and over and over again. And if the kid wants to be a famous rapper and he's figured out the formula to success and all he cares about is getting there and he's perfected that craft, I mean, I kind of got to tip my hat to him. Like, he's the one playing us. So at the end of the day, it's not on him to make good music. It's on us to, like, listen to good music, click play on good music, and not just pay all of our attention to this kid who's trolling on the internet. And for him to be this self-aware and this open about how self-aware and knowledgeable of the industry he is, to know exactly how to play it, like, I, I can do nothing but respect it. Now, do I like his music? Literally not. No. Seriously, no. Do I plan on supporting him at all? Seriously, no. But I do have to tip my hat, because if he knows how to play us, then he's winning. And us over here who appreciate good hip-hop music are losing. So that's just what really caught my eye this week and just jumped out to me. Like, still hard to believe, but yeah. Point is, it's it's not up to him. It's up to us as listeners to be good listeners. And if we not, we're just going to keep getting a bunch of guys like 6 9 and then we're going to sit here and complain about it like idiots, even though it's our own damn fault. So that's how I feel about that. But on a brighter note, a man who's actually been focusing his recent efforts on directing kids like 6 9 in the right direction dropped a Flames freestyle, and that man is J. Cole Germain. Cole, he dropped off a hot little freestyle titled Album of the Year for us on Tuesday night. And I love just about every second of it. It's two minutes, 20 seconds, strictly bars over a beat that was originally Uchi Wally by Nas. And while I don't think that KOD is the album of the year, I could see it as like top five in contention. And I love that once again, J. Cole has proved some of his biggest critics wrong. A lot of people in the past four or five years have been saying he's boring, he's uninteresting, he's slow-paced, he's just not an interesting personality to listen to. But on this freestyle, I mean, there's no time to be bored. I mean, he's so up-tempo, he packs so many lines into this short, short song. I mean, you probably look up the Genius Annotation, and it looks like, oh, this is like a four-minute song right here. Nah, it's like 2.20. Like, it's just start to finish, J. Cole, bars. And I wish that we had gotten more of this from Cole in recent years because it is true that everything he's done, all his albums are like these big heavy concepts trying to take on like every problem in the world. Every song seems to be overthought and like has a narrative and a prerogative to it. I feel like he hasn't had a chance in so long to just sit back and be a rapper, just show off some of his skills, show off some of his talent. And I think that's why some fans defected from him and why a lot of people jump on him for just not being fun. And while I disagree, I'm a huge Cole fan, I see where they're coming from, and I do admit that he just hasn't given himself an abundance of opportunities to rap in this carefree, no-boundaries, go-wherever-you-want-say-whatever-you-want style. And there actually have been rumors that this may be a single, or not a single, but like a lead-up to like a possible mixtape title of the off-season I think it's probably just another like overblown conspiracy theory 
because millions of them get thrown out there about popular artists and they just spread like wildfire. But I would definitely support that because it would give Cole just an area where he doesn't have to connect all his songs and make a concept album. And while he's good at those things, you do need a balance. You do need to just relax and just get on your shit sometimes. And he does that on the album of the year freestyle. So no further ado, here it is, your song of the week, J. Cole, album of the year. Yeah. My mind state for like the crime in the summertime. Higher than average, lot of cabbage. Thank God I never abide by the established guidelines that keep niggas inside of fabrics. Commissioned by the state, I skate by the masters like Yoohoo with a new new riding passenger. Shout out Oak Cliff, I'm about to fly to Dallas. Decade from now, I might just buy the Mavericks. What up, Mark Cuban? I am only part human, half man, half amazing. Plus, I'm good at math like amazing. Hate to use stereotypes, but that's light compared to what a nigga get from Caucasian. No race bait and treat the beat like PlayStation Reporting to you live from the International Space Station I probably vacation on Mars The flow is out of this world and so is the boss Blow the facade right off of your squad Little rappers, I love you but you ain't shit till you got office in Prague Look that shit up, a book nigga, pick that shit up Expand your vocab, I'm giving out toe tags for no cash Awesome, alone plus three seasons after Please CC a rapper tell him meet me It's absolutely imperative that my heat speak to rappers The problem with this game is this Week, see a rappers, I'm the answer on the low. I'm a cheat sheet for rappers. I came up around AC to DC adapters. Plug talk, what I'm really saying is a shame, but my niggas move cane like HBCU cappers. Whole town full of CC Sabathias. You think niggas getting fat, pitching crack? Not really. This is not the 80s, don't be silly. Now we push pills and sell hair on the Billy. Now Billy Mama want the judge to pardon his addiction. How many black addicts that got caught up in the system? With no side stories on your primetime television, I can smell a blatant contradiction. Man, listen. Don't wanna fuck up my vibe, listen it on a positive note Come see me live, K.O.D., album of the year, undebatably My cadence be the greatest we've seen since the late MC Whose name was D, notorious, Dreamville stacked like the Warriors Win it back to back, next up the bet is my nigga Boss After that, Jitty Jit, that's a New York City kid, plus ATL Me, I'm from the field, but I know them towns well Before I had a deal, I was giving niggas hell Now I'm giving niggas deals, and they giving niggas hell Cool that man down. Damn. I mean, I know I'm probably gassing him more than I should just because I'm a huge Cole fan, been a Cole fan for a while. But I really think when he just gets on his shit like that, he can rap as good, if not better, like at least match any rapper out there. I really do believe that. And I don't know if you caught this, but one line he said, next up to bat, Boz after that jitty jit. So that implies not only are we getting a Boz album, which we already knew was coming, it should actually be out like in the next couple weeks, I think, from, from the rumors I've seen. But more importantly, it means we got a J.I.D. or J.I.D., I don't even know how you say his name, album right around the corner, which I'm, I'm psyched for. His album, The Never Story, was in my top 10 of 2017 last year. Since then, he's signed to Dreamville. I'm really excited to see how that works out if he gets some cool features. And just the interest of what the entire project is going to sound like now that he's kind of under a label and not really on his own so that quick little bar was like really piqued my interest so i was like damn here we go jid let's get it boy <laughs> but that's that's your song of the week album of the year j cole check it out freestyle world star hip-hop i think they dropped it yeah so i guess we just got new music announcements to close the ep out 
Quick summary of what just happened last Friday. We got some huge names we've been waiting on for a minute now. World by Travis Scott finally dropped. Some flame tracks on there. We got Swimming by Mac Miller, which I'm, we're definitely going to talk about those two on the next episode. Uh, we also got Stay Dangerous by YG. A little bit of a disappointment, but, you know, YG's aight. Uh, some smaller name releases. We got Bet On Me by Moneybag Yo. We got Lil Dirk Presents Only the Family Volume 1. That's like his little label or group. I don't really even know. Uh, and then Survive the Summer by Iggy Azalea. I, I'm going to pass on that one. Sorry, Iggy. I'm just I'm supporting my boy Swaggy P. So, not, it's not on you. It's more of a me thing. And then coming up this Friday, we got Life's a Trip by Trippy Red. He dropped two albums last year. He has some talent. It's a pretty bare release date right now, so he could just get all the attention there. He'll probably be my first listen tomorrow morning when the album is out. A couple other names I'm seeing, but I don't really recognize: DJ Muggs, OMB Peasy, and. Quran Streets, not familiar with either of those three, may or may not check them out. So this week could be a little dry, but looking forward to August 17th, we have Nicki Minaj, Queen, and Harvard Dropout by Lil Pump. That'll be some type of Friday. And then I actually do see uh, Boz's album is slated for August 24th, so I did misspeak. It's not coming out this week, next week, but three weeks from now, August 24th. And once that's out, we can start gearing up for that J.I.D. album. But that's what we got for new music announcements. That is a wrap for the Hip Hop Enthusiast podcast here. You know what we do, keeping you up to date on hip hop music in 2018. Thank you for listening. Please go subscribe. Follow me on Instagram at Hip Hop and feel free to hit me up, contact me, whatever. I'm just out here trying to talk about the music I love and the genre I love. So the DMs are open. Hit me up. So we'll be back next week with Astroworld and Swimming as their album reviews. Thank you guys once again for listening, and I'll catch you next week. Peace.